and welcome to Short Talks from the Hill, a podcast of the University of Arkansas. Today I'm talking to Austin Williams, co-founder and chief software architect at AMBOTS at the Arkansas Research and Technology Park. Welcome, Austin. Hi there. It's great to be here. The company you work for primarily deals with 3D printing. Can you tell us what 3D printing is and how it works? So generally when you think of printing, you think of ink on a flat piece of paper. With 3D printing, you're laying down multiple materials on top of each other to make a 3D object. So you're printing one layer at a time to build something that's 3D. What are some of the benefits of 3D printing? So 3D printing over traditional manufacturing has a lot of benefits, especially with the things that you can make with it. In traditional manufacturing, if you want to make a part, you might use something like injection molding, where you're going to have a mold and you're going to inject some material into it to build something. But you can't build a lot of things that way. But with 3D printing, as it's additive, building things from the ground up, it can build much more complex things. And there can be gaps and things and like helixes and all sorts of intricate designs inside that part. And you're not really limited by the uh, objects that you can print like you are in traditional manufacturing. Can you uh, tell us about some products that uh, are made this way? Some, maybe a few things that we might be surprised to learn about. There's a lot of really cool things that you might not think of that are 3D printed. Uh, one thing that might really jump out at you is uh, uh, NASA is doing a 3D printing on Mars competition right now where they're 3D printing habitats for when astronauts go to Mars, they'll have a place to live and work. So they're 3D printing things as complex as habitats like that. Uh, there's also a lot of really neat things like uh, there's a band that's entirely 3D printed. The drum set's 3D printed, the guitar, the bass guitar, entirely 3D printed. Even a saxophone, where the entire saxophone is completely 3D printed and is fully functional. In a manufacturing context, what are some of the limitations of conventional 3D printing? So, in my experience, I've worked a little bit in manufacturing and I've seen how traditional like tool factories are using 3D printing. And they're mostly using it to prototype initial versions of their designs. And they're using traditional manufacturing uh, means to actually mass produce those. And the reason they're not using the 3D printers for everything is because it's really great for prototyping new ideas, but when you get into mass production, it's not quite up to the speed of traditional manufacturing. It takes a lot longer to output volume. Uh, um, with that said, where 3D printing is very beneficial is when you want to have one product highly customizable, where you're not outputting a bunch of volume. It doesn't have to come out as quickly, but it can come out in a customized fashion so everybody can have that product personalized and tailored to them. So one thing keeping 3D printing from, from large-scale manufacturing is the speed of the 3D printing process and also the quality of the print jobs. You can get really high-quality print jobs on a, on a 3D printing system, but usually you have to trade off either the time that it takes to make the object or the quality of the object, and that's the general trade-off. Tell us what AMBOTS has created and how it addresses some of the li these limitations of conventional 3D printing manufacturing. So with traditional 3D printing platforms, they usually try to set out to solve one problem or the other. They either want to solve the speed problem or they want to solve the quality problem because uh, it's hard to solve both in one system. So what we've done is we've, we've distribute, distributed the system to multiple robots. So this robot can do high-quality prints, and this robot can do fast prints. You can print the inside of an object really quickly with less quality, and you can use the fine detail on the outside of a product 
so that the inside can be printed quickly and the outside can have the quality that you need. So we're providing that to make 3D printing more viable for manufacturing. And we're also doing autonomous assembly with gripping robots so that we can automate the assembly process as well, which also makes some traditional manufacturing uh, methodologies uh, more, more attainable and uh, less prone to error. Let's talk a little bit about scale, though. Conventional 3D printing is one of the limitations is that it's, uh, it's hard to scale up a printer. Is that right? right. How, does that, how does that work, and how have you solved, how have you solved that issue? Yeah, so uh, right now in 3D printing, uh, you can buy a cheap, small box that can run you somewhere around $2,000. And like, so for microwave size, you might pay $2,000. If you want an oven size printer, that might cost you $10,000. And if you want a refrigerator size printer, that's going to cost you $100,000 to a $1 million. And so you, you can't have the best of both worlds in any case. It's going to be specialized. And if you, if you have to do one thing that's large and most of your stuff's small, you're shelling out a ton of money for something you're not going to use all of its capacity. Uh, so what we've done is we've made a modular 3D printing system. So at first, you could buy a, a starter kit for our platform that fits in that starter range of a 3D printer. And you can print uh, larger than the size of the 3D printers that uh, exist in that price range today. But then if you want to move from, say, the microwave size to the oven size, you just buy a couple extra robots, uh, a couple extra floor tiles for these robots to be able to print in a large area, and you can expand your platform. So you can start here, and then you can add more to get here, to here, to here. So what we've done is we've made 3D printing scalable. So you don't have to buy individual machines to print different sizes, and you don't have to shell out a ton of cash if you need a big, big printing system. And if you only need one large job, and then the rest of your jobs are lots of small jobs, you can just split up the platform and have individual print jobs. Earlier you mentioned a uh, habitat, Habitats on Mars and that NASA project. How would your autonomous robots or a swarm of robots, for instance, uh, manufacture an airplane? So with our robots to manufacture something like an airplane, uh, they would, they'd be able to work together to print that much faster than a traditional large format 3D printer would. Uh, so you might take uh, for like a, a a human-sized airplane, uh, you could take something like this, and they make forklifts that work the same way that these things do. And so you just put this onto a forklift, and we actually found a way that we can, we can hijack the controls of a forklift and control it with our software. So you just take this, you put it on a forklift, and you add a large-scale print head. It could even be you know, a metal print head for printing the metals of the airplane. And you could scale this up to that scale and cooperatively print an airplane. Also, can you tell us who stands to benefit from your research? So there's a lot of people that can potentially benefit from this. Uh, um, for starters, uh, um, other researchers that are researching swarm robotics, researching 3D printing, and researching uh, new manufacturing methods. Uh, other people are entrepreneurs. Um, when this technology gets to a commercial level, it really is going to be useful for entrepreneurs because there's this big gap from the prototyping stage of prototyping a product for your business to the mass production of a product. So there's this big gap there that traditional manufacturing won't touch 
because the volume of the products uh, that these small businesses are needing to manufacture is too small for these big manufacturing companies to touch. And so that there's a huge untapped market there that our platform is really suited to, uh, to solve for entrepreneurs to allow them to succeed and get to the point in their business where they can do scale manufacturing. What could be the long-term economic impact of uh, AMBOTs and these autonomous robots? So there's, there's a lot that these robots uh, are going to be able to do. Uh, and what, we, what our long-term vision for, for these is, is to have micro factories of these where every community is going to have the, these robotic factories. And so the economic impact of that is instead of ordering a product and having it distributed in many different uh, uh, factories where there's a huge supply chain to get that product to the end user, that's very costly. Uh, but with a platform like this, where you're only taking in raw materials into one factory and then fabricating those products in that one factory uh, local to the consumer, that makes the supply chain much shorter. You can get products faster. You can get customized products at a much lower price because the supply chain is so short. So it has a, a really good economic impact. How has uh, AMBOT's affiliation with the University of Arkansas helped advance your goals? The university has really helped us to build this technology. Uh, for the, the resources that we needed to be able to get uh, this technology to a functional level, uh, without the university's resources, uh, equipment, and things like that, it would have been very difficult for us to do this alone. Uh, so we're really thankful for the resources we have here at the U of A. Austin, thank you for being with us here today, and we look forward to learning more about your work in the future. Thanks. Thank you. Music for Short Talks from the Hill was written and performed by Ben Harris, guitar instructor at the University of Arkansas. For more information and additional podcasts, go to KUAF.com or researchfrontiers.uart.edu, the home of research news at the University of Arkansas.